Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 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 residents, uh, but 
you in particular have been very, very, very outspoken <laughs> on Twitter, <laughs> to say the least, regarding the Big Ten first canceling the season in, in the middle of August and thinking that they were going to be the beacon of light, if you will, that every other conference will follow suit, which we knew that wasn't the case, right, with mm-hmm. the SEC, well, actually the ACC, the American Athletic, and a few other conferences like groups of five conferences taking place, and the Big 12, rather, and with the SEC the following another week from now. And so, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just you. Your defense wasn't just you. It was a lot of people. And, you know, not wondering why the hell did Commissioner Kevin Warren just make his announcement so early in the process, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone, and, and, you know, you, I mean, you know this, and everyone else knows this out there, it's like, People at first, the school officials for all conferences were testing, doing doing their due diligence in terms of testing, getting their resources together. A lot of FCS schools canceled their conferences, canceled their seasons because, you know, a lot of them didn't have the proper infrastructure to test on a weekly basis, right? So that's understandable. Mm-hmm. And it has some other conferences, you know, the, the, you know, the MAC. I.e. Maxion, right. and then a few others like the Mountain mm-hmm. West, they 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 canceled the season because they too didn't have the proper either the infrastructure or resources that they felt comfortable with, and so right. that left us all, you know, seeing well, what are the Power Five? What's the Power Five going to do? Even you know, and right. and, and I think the American conferences like the American, the Sun Belt, Conference USA, in front of recruiting beds and football and, and you know in football bases. They were waiting to see what the rest of them were going to do, right? They were waiting to see what the Power Five mm-hmm. was going to do because typically, you know, the Sun Belt typically links up with the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12. Uh, even though the Sun Belt made the Big 12, it's, you know, <laughs> for the weekend. But at any rate, um, and, and same with, of course, Conference USA and American Athletic. They, they tend to, to do their own thing too. And so, of course, mm-hmm. when, you know, we also what happened. The Pac-12 followed the Big, followed the Big Ten. They pretty much locked up with each other. Um, and then, of course, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Twelve saying, and with the last, the Big Twelve was the last one that said that we we're going to that they were going to play. And then, of course, that led to the American and the Big and the and the um, and the, uh, uh, the Sun Belt and and Conference USA saying we'll go go ahead and play. And mm-hmm. as you know. All those conferences, including those three group of five conferences, got a got a lot of get getting a lot of shine on TV. I mean, I hadn't been so excited in my life over the Eastern Kentucky Marshall <laughs> game. You know what I'm saying? So right, exactly. It, it was just exactly. so great, and to the point where even those schools, I don't want to downplay because those are good programs as well, right? In the group of five, mm-hmm. but all those schools who played the last two weekends got a lot of TV time, and so. Right. This is my guess, and now listen. I get the floor to you because I know you have a lot to get off the chest. But um, to <laughs> me, in addition to you know seeing seeing the Big Twelve, seeing those other conferences get all that TV shine and love, you know the Big Ten was sitting back saying, "Okay, if those three Power Five and the other three Group of Fives and some of the FCS schools comes to actually playing." If they are confident, why the hell can't we be confident? And mm-hmm. why, and why not? And why are we sitting, sitting on this pile of money that we're going to end up losing? 
Let's just be real about that. Mm-hmm. And by the way, they're going to throw in the fact that, oh, we got rapid testing too. So they threw that in there <laughs> to make that the case. But I'm going to give you the floor. I know I, uh, we we're planning to talk NBA during mm-hmm. our segment. Yeah. But obviously the Big Ten announcement, football announcement came today, as well as college basketball, by the way, it started in, in, late, uh, in late November. So that's that too. But, um, but, but, just, but the floor is yours. I know you got a law on your mind. I know you got something to do. So I'm going to sit back and say the floor is yours. All righty. Um, uh, first things first, <laughs> one minor thing. I'll definitely, I'll definitely agree with you as far as um, certain teams getting uh, the spotlight that won it. I, mean, I was sitting there on Saturday, and I usually get together with my, my brother-in-law, uh, my sister's husband. He's one of my best friends. And then and my dad, we'll, we'll typically watch football together and, uh, on the weekends. And uh, we're watching Texas, Texas State and, uh, was it, um, San Antonio in their overtime game. And I was like, what other Saturday, college football Saturday would any of us care about Texas State and <laughs> San Antonio going into overtime, you know? I know Ben Bailey, the, right. the Ben Bailey, the beat writer for the Bengals cares because he's from Texas. But I'm like, other than that, you know, when will we care? But here we are glued to the TV seeing who's going to win the shootout. But, uh, no, as far as the Big Ten stuff goes, um, I'm going to expose myself here and let let everybody in on a secret. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I've periodically during my month-long Twitter rant, which um, I, I'll admit I was embarrassed by it while it was going on, um, I did I did periodically apologize for my for my uh, content to my followers. I said, hey, I'm going to get back to my nerdy sports takes and spreading love here real soon. <laughs> I, I promise. Um, but, uh, yeah, for me, um, I don't, not, not to come off as, as fake or phony, but I don't necessarily, um, I think truly in my heart believe a ton of the things that I was tweeting. Like I would like the, the hashtag Kevin Warren, fire Kevin Warren. I'm like, I, I would do that to be a voice amongst, you know, thousands to apply pressure because I wanted to get what I want, like, you know, kicking, screaming little baby. Um, And so now that I've gotten what I want, you know, I can, I can, you know, let everybody in on the, on the shtick of it, of, of saying, yeah, like I was just, I was just trying to throw my voice into it as well. I definitely wanted uh, the players to play. And yeah. And, and I think a lot of people will, will say, Oh, I'm only doing this. I'm only ranting on Twitter and this and that solely because I care about the players and that. And and there's definitely a part of that, but there like there's that selfish part of me too that's like, no, I want to watch football. I'm a big Ohio State fan. I want to see them have a shot. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be funny to the point of not admitting that. But I will say I'm I'm really happy for um just the, the parents and the players and um Justin Fields put out his petition that got over three hundred thousand signatures and um I know um Wade, uh, the the cornerback for Ohio State, Sean Wade. I know he is trying to decide whether or not he's going to go pro, and he might go pro, and that's that's awesome. More power to him. You got to do what what's best for you. I know his dad was a was a huge uh, voice for for um, really all Big Ten parents, not just Ohio State parents, and um, just facing the national criticism that they face. And and I think I think people got a little ugly towards maybe some national beat writers, but I think some of the national beat writers maybe deserved it a little bit. Um, but I know, I know sure. Randy Wade, Sean Wade's dad, he got a lot of the critiques and a lot of the criticisms for planning the protests at the big 10 headquarters that ended up 
having to be stationed outside the Hopper house because the Chicago police wouldn't let them within a block of, of uh, Big Ten headquarters. And, and that really everything that boils down to is, um, you know, I think, I think if you're a Big Ten fan, if you root for Ohio State, Nebraska, any of these teams that were very vocal, I think now it's time to just be satisfied. I think, I think now, now it's probably the time to end the hate campaign and the social media campaign and uh, just be glad that uh, you got your way. Um, and then as far as, as Kevin Warren, I know I've seen a lot of people on Twitter today saying, hey, let's keep it up. We still want him fired. I'm like, the dude is green as far as being a commissioner. He was a lawyer in the NFL. Um, this is a learning experience for him. I think we have to, uh, you know, I, I preach grace in, in a lot of situations uh, in the education system where, where I teach and to my students that you have to have grace with people. I think it's time for Big Ten fans to have grace for him, uh, and hopefully it's a learning experience for him um, as far as the level of transparency or lack thereof. And I think he was really put in a tough spot um, between the Big Ten presidents and wanting things their way, but also not wanting to take the blame for it. And so he really right. became the scapegoat early on and long throughout this process, even up and through today. Um, and so he put the target on his back for the Big Ten presidents. And I, I get the criticism that he's supposed to be a voice for the athletic directors more than the presidents. Um, but I think he was really uh, he, he shouldered the brunt of, of criticism, I think, in large part for the presidents, who I think were probably more deserving of it if you were critical of their decision at all uh, to begin with. Um, but, yeah, I'm just happy. I'm happy football's back. I'm happy that uh, a team I love will, will get a chance this year, whatever they do with it. Um, and I'm happy for guys like Justin Fields, who could have just opted out this year went on and made his money, been a first-round pick. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm praying the Browns – I hate the Browns, but I'm praying they win enough games to not be able to draft them. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Good point. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm happy for them, those guys getting to play. Um, and I, I'm saying I'm a lot, but I'll just say this uh, to, to, to kind of end, end my rant here. And I think put it behind you. Now, uh, root for your team. Uh, be happy that that you um, you got what you wanted in the end. And uh, I'm glad I can get back to uh, hating Clay Travis and hating Donald Trump yeah. and uh, not 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 defending their takes on Twitter or not being like, why is this the the one guy in the room that I feel like is defending the things that I think in this situation? Because a 99.99 percent of the time. I disagree with this person. So now I can, I think we can get back to normalcy. I will say this, if you're listening and you're a Big Ten fan, if you root for Ohio State or you root for Nebraska um, or you root for, for any other team or you're a fan that's been vocal throughout this, one thing that was positive and encouraging amongst all of our vitriol and amongst all of our whining and amongst all of our uh, impassioned pleas uh, for the players to be heard and for the fans to be heard was that, there was a lot of brotherly love on social media between um, fan bases that would typically be at each other's throats. And so I, oh, yeah. I, that's something that I don't want to see continue. I want to see, you know, when Ohio State plays Nebraska, don't get on social media and start trashing Cornhusker fans, Buckeye fans, and vice versa. Uh, remember that you are, we're all people. We were all in, all in this together. And um, 
like I said it on Twitter yesterday, root against the team, don't root against the players, don't root against the fans. But, yeah, I was happy with today's announcement. Um, yeah, now I can uh, I can finally get back to to being my Twitter nerdy <laughs> self. So <laughs> that's normal. There you go. That's normal. Yeah. That's funny. Um, well, let me. Well, you know what, man? Again, well, I said this early. I may have said this earlier, but maybe not. But I think that I don't think the backlash would have been as big as if Kevin Warren and company would have announced a delay. Instead of a cancellation, mm-hmm. I think if he said yeah. word delay, I don't think he would get as much. He would have gotten as much brushback, blowback rather, mm-hmm. because I mean, mm-hmm. hell, we both know we both in the Midwest. Football season's game, especially college mm-hmm. football. Mm-hmm. If you a part of a conference as prestigious and let's be real, rich as the, as the Big Ten with Ohio, the Ohio State University as well as you know, Michigan, Michigan, State, and the rest of them. But in particularly, that, those schools, and Nebraska as well, are you going to tell those fan bases, those, you know, those, the, the, the athletes and coaching staff, that, oh, by the way, we're going to cancel the shit, and we may or may not play in the spring. Of course it's not going to go mm-hmm. well. Because it's so right. and I, early in the process. Yeah, and I think yep. that's I think that's why people people got so upset early on is, they canceled early, and then it was like, well, when are we going to play? And then they pitched the spring, and Urban Meyer came out and was like, you guys are you, – you, you know, on, on Fox Sports and said, so you're going to play two seasons within one calendar year. That sounds a lot more dangerous than um, mm-hmm. risking, you know, a player testing positive. And that's another thing is testing at these big schools, I think you have to assume the medical facilities and that, that they're going to be at is so much better than if they're just hanging out in the dorm room. And if they were to test positive, then they would be, you know, isolated from the program. And so that was, that was one thing that I, I, th- I kept coming back to on Twitter is, like, I don't understand the thinking that if a player who doesn't have COVID tackles another player who doesn't have COVID, that somehow one of those players will get COVID. And I understand, and, you know, um, so the thought process that someone might fall through the cracks. But, you know, they're, they're testing up until, you know, game day and, I, I might be wrong, but I think somewhere I heard that they're testing him, you know, multiple times, up to three times a week. So, um, I think, sure. so I think that was part of the issue with why people like myself and other fans were so impassioned because it just it didn't make sense. And then too, it was just the the call for transparency when the Big Ten was pushed and they weren't given there weren't a lot of answers that were given. And then you had experts from around the world coming out and kind of refuting their their stance on the heart condition. Uh, that was initially right. cited when they canceled the season. Even the doctor who was cited in the study said he wouldn't cancel sports over his study. And I think really the the nail in the coffin to to that was the doctor, one of the doctors coming out this week and, and saying, like, look, we've never done heart scans for people with flu. We've never done heart scans uh, for people with any other type of disease. So we don't know. Like, this could just be a normal thing that happens to people after they're getting over viral infections. There was no control group um, to base the study off of, and I think that was that was pretty damning um, towards towards that as well. And so I think that is things like that that kept popping up that people just wanted to to hear answers to. And you know, in Kevin Warren's defense to not giving those answers, I think, uh, like I said, he was having to play a scapegoat for presidents who one 
if you look at Minnesota's president, literally lied about the fact that there was a vote, said, oh, there's no vote, and then you find out there was. And mm-hmm. so really it was the, pres- the yeah. presidents oh, were was- refusing account. They were the ones refusing accountability. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty weird. I mean, it's like, yeah, one side saying, oh, I don't want to vote, and then it turned out it was a vote, and then, and then it was a lopsided vote at first. It was like, what, 11 to 3? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Mm-hmm. With uh, Ohio I think Ohio State, Iowa, and Nebraska were the those three to say, yep. "Let's play." <laughs> so yeah, that that was um, that was quite a peculiar scenario, right? Uh, uh, right there, that was that was pretty interesting. Um, but here's here, a few more things actually before we talk NBA because again, mm-hmm. this came out of left field this morning. Even though I guess the uh, president from Nebraska kind of spilled the beans uh, <laughs> on my hot mic last night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hey, for one thing, this is great for Fox Sports because mm-hmm. Big Ten is Big Ten is a bread and butter, right? I mean, it's like kind of like with mm-hmm. SEC and ESPN, pretty much the Big Twelve and the Big Ten all into Fox Sports. So a lot of people at Fox Sports are hella excited. Like uh, I was listening to, listen to Joel Clatt earlier today on your favorite guy, uh, Colin Cowherd, and uh, <laughs> he was uh, he was pretty stoked about it, to say the least. Um, but with the ranking systems that are all right now, right? I know they're supposed to come mm-hmm. back. They're planning to come back to play on October 24th. That we're going to October 24th. Um, mm-hmm. Like a little over from now. Um, you got these new top 25 posts, and yeah, I know we all know that those don't mean a hill of beans when it comes to the end. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's all about the uh, the 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 BC, uh, I said BCS, the College Ball Playoff top 25. Um, so, but still, I mean, look at the poll for a minute. Poll for a minute. They actually dropped. They had to drop Ohio State and all those Pac-12 and Big Ten and Pac-12 schools out, right? Mm-hmm. And Boise right. State because Westall isn't playing right now. Um, so you got the likes of University of Miami, Louisville. I think Louisville's good. Louisville, um, you know, in, in the top twenty-five pit at number twenty-five. And Louisiana, which they 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 they're typically pretty good for those who don't pay attention to Louis, Louisiana mm-hmm. Lafayette. They're mm-hmm. good. They're great. Yeah, good. But anyway, they're from the come down. Um, they're like right. I think what nineteenth or twentieth. And I think you have um, I think you have another group of five schools not named UC in there as well. Um, the U figure which UC is like all the way up to what thirteenth. Or something like that. Yeah, and you, um, UC is one of those schools that it's, it's going to be hurt by the fact that the Big Ten's coming back, and that's unfortunate because I, I do like UC. Yeah, yeah, and especially like because like like I remember Desmond Howard like saying, "Be on lookout for UC cracking the uh, mm-hmm. cracking the crash the basketball playoff party." You know, obviously that was while Big Ten was quote unquote canceled. So, right. um, but right. anyway, yeah, yeah, that's the point there. But I still. I mean, I wonder how all that, how's all that going to work because you got the Big Ten coming back a month, a little over a month later, right? And then you have all mm-hmm. these schools that normally wouldn't be the top twenty-five. Are they going to jettison jettison those schools out and put the Ohio State back a number? What was it, two, three, or whatever they were after one game? I don't know. So I don't know who they're playing first. So um, <laughs> right, it's just weird. It's just weird. I mean, this this when you wish mm-hmm. that college football had a commissioner, so yeah, everybody yeah. will they won't be on the page. So, so, mm-hmm. so they have it there. 
Um, so I got to ask you one more thing about this. I was gonna, I was gonna joke and say this is gonna be the first time, the, the only year that, not only, but the first time that Michigan would not be losing to Ohio State because it wouldn't be playing. <laughs> and now they're gonna be. Mm-hmm. I just can't wait for Coach Day to run the score on Coach Jim Harbaugh for all that shit that Harbaugh talked to about Day during that, uh, during that uh, conference. Oh, the, I don't know if you tele- teleconference, yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting for Day to coach to hang fifty on him, and actually that was yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I hope so. And you know, I think we, I think it'll be. I think one thing is is that it'll be hard for Fields to get his name in the Heisman conversation with when the Heisman Trophy will be presented and where the Big Ten will be at this season because I think they might still have a week or two left at that point. And I think statistically it's just going right. to be an odd comparison. You're looking at big 12 and SEC teams that have, have played 10 games or, uh, you know, however many games they've played. But I think, you know, one solace that Fields could take in that is if he could have a stellar game against, against Michigan. And um, it'll be interesting to see too, when, when, what the scheduling for the big 10 will be, because theoretically, I think if I, if they go, they said they were, basing it off the schedule they had had, and I don't know if they're just going to back everything up and, and cut out two games, how that's going to work. But theoretically, that game was supposed to be this year on October 24th, and I'm like, so is that going to be the, the kickoff game then? Is the the game going to be the big kickoff right. game? Which I, I wouldn't be opposed to if, if that's what they end up deciding to do uh, because you, you you mentioned the polls and, like, how could you justify jettisoning up Ohio State and you know if they put up a, a big a big win against their arch rival in that opening weekend, that would at least provide, um, I guess, some some semblance of evidence for for why they could justify doing that. Yeah, and that'll be, that, you know, that'll be. I'll tell you what, that that if they do play first, talk about a huge ratings a ratings graph for Fox Sports. That would be. Mm-hmm. You think? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Johnson and Joe Clyde would be doing happy dances in the like uh, in the booth. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> to call the game the first very first game, so yeah, that that uh, that would be great. Well, yep. Yeah, so believe it or not, we're gonna get back to the NBA. Talk <laughs> 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 about the Big Ten football coming back, but because I knew you had a lot to say on Twitter, so I want to give you that chance yeah. to get those chances. And it's good talking about it, and you know it's late, but hey, it's better late than never, right? So. Yep. And yeah. to my followers, uh, I'm going to cool my jets now, and uh, I'll let you know my my <laughs> NFL draft uh, sleeper picks from Pine Arkansas Pine Bluff and all that. You know that what I'm usually doing. <laughs> nice. Um, speaking of craziness, what happened to the Clippers? What what happened to the Clippers? Whew. I mean, they fell from three one. They come. They came from ahead. Like Jim Rome likes to say, they came from mm-hmm. ahead. Uh, from ahead. From three one up in the series against a team that I like watching, but they're obviously are not as good as the, uh, the Clippers, at least not on paper, right? Right. So it's, all of a sudden, the Clippers decided to stop, to not have an answer for 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 for, for Jokic, who was just giving them the business. Oh my God, that big man was giving them the business, pulling that mm-hmm. no look pass at the end to rub to rub it in. That was pretty funny, and. They let Jamal Murray go off. And, you know, I mean, the questions are now is, I mean, I don't know if the 
I just don't know what to say. I mean, granted, mm-hmm. I, I had the Clippers in the conference finals, had them lose to the Lakers because I thought the Lakers' chemistry was just better than the Clippers, which obviously is the case. But, I mean, I, it's a lot of things, man. A, the load management stuff and talk has got to stop now. You can't, mm-hmm. they can't just take the regular Brandon and get away with it. That, that showed, that pretty much right. showed here. Right. Secondly, you know, with Kawhi Leonard being, this, being the beneficiary of the load management, it's funny to see. It was weird to see him get so tired to wear down mm-hmm. late in the game. Mm-hmm. After, mm-hmm. You know, after playing 40 minutes. And I figured that's hell. I mean, they, they he wanted to be rested just time for the playoffs. But, hey, they were up 3-1, and they choked away a 3-1 lead in part because he just disappeared. But it's mm-hmm. Especially in game seven. It's half. He just, well, one of, what was it? He was one of, what, 11 or something like that? And Paul George didn't play that well. And playoff P was they call him pandemic P on, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> he hit the bat ball. From, from the three-point attempt from, like, from the corner. Um, and and they, they just weren't there. It was just They were just off from the time mm-hmm. of the bubble. And I got a sense that the Clippers didn't really want to be there for some reason. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Be away from that. I, I just don't know. And then you have Doc Rivers. This is the, second, this is the third time this happened. Him coming from from ahead from a three one lead series lead. He did it once in Orlando with Tracy McGrady against uh, Detroit way back when, and he did it twice with the Clippers. And it's just it's just weird just to see that. So I mean I'm, I'm I like Doc Rivers a lot. I think he's one better coaches in this league. I know some people think he's overrated, but I mean what do you what do you assess? The Clippers choke job too was the the was the, 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 the Kawhi Leonard disappearing was the bad chemistry was the Doc Rivers well, where do you, how do you assign the blame the portions of it feel free to get portions of percentages yeah definitely um, I I don't know you know I think it, it it was it was bizarre it did at times they just got they're a team that they they just lacked the killer mentality they're up three one and they had. Uh, big leads. I think in in games five, six, and seven, I think they had double digit leads in every game. Um, if I like, I'm trying to find. I know they, I know they had double digit leads in in every single game, and they blew all of them. Um, yeah, here right. we go. They had a 16 point lead in game five. They had a 19 point lead in game six. Yep. They had a 12 point lead in game seven. And if you just if you yep. didn't watch the games and if you just look at the box scores, and you're like, oh man, Paul George and you know, I scored over 30 points in game five and game six. Like, you know, he, he's playing really well. Like, what's what's going on? And, um, and I think this this it was just the second halves. It was the second halves of those of those games, and that's why I say they just lacked that killer mentality. Um, I mean, they were just awful in the, in the second half of the game. Like, just just putrid. Um, you know, with the the Nuggets though, on the flip side, they were they were great. The Clippers defense had no answers. Yeah, the, the Nuggets averaged 60.3 points per game. Uh, in the second half in those final three games, they shot 57% from the field. They shot 53% from three in the second half. And and so maybe you can say, well, hey, maybe it's not the Clippers. There's just no answer to that that type of play. But uh, in the Nuggets defense there, the Clippers weren't doing anything to match it. I mean, they were averaging just 39 points uh, in the second half of those games. Despite those big leads, they were shooting 30% from the field. And then at the three-point range, they were just shooting 24% from the field. And – Kawhi Leonard and Paul George each had negative 
negative box plus minuses in game seven. And then you look at the flip side at Jamal Murray, who's over 11, which is just an insane number for, for, for that stat. And um, so, yeah, for whatever reason, uh, the ice water in the veins was, it was boiled for, for Kawhi and for, for Paul right. George and company. And um, I think you said something, you know, as you introduced the topic and it just said, as far as, as far as load management. And, and I think maybe there's something to that. Maybe there's something to a chemistry never being built when Paul George and Kawhi only have 37 games together uh, throughout the season. And I'm not trying to make excuses for them, but I think, Maybe sure. they, there's something sure. to the fact that you just because you have two talented guys, you can't just flip a switch when it matters. And, you know, the Clippers, the Clippers, for, by and large, I mean, any expert would tell you they had the better bench. I mean, you got Lou Williams, who is one of the best bench scorers I think that I've ever seen or can remember. And, I mean, he's made a career out of just being a six man that fills up um, – fills up the points column. And then uh, Patrick Beverly, you know, is just a, a hard worker on defense. I don't know. Um, right. You look at the roster up and down and you, you think they're the better team, uh, but the Nuggets had more heart and more will. And I know that maybe that's like a cliche sports talk. Oh man, they had more heart, but I watched that game last night and uh there is one team wanted to win, like really wanted to win. And, um, right. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily fault Doc Rivers. I think I would take Doc Rivers over a lot of the coaches in this league. If, if I was a GM and, or an owner and had a chance to get them. Um, but I think one thing Scott, that's really telling is um, what Kawhi Leonard said after, after the loss. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard is, constantly a man of mystery he doesn't like to talk everybody knows you know his deal and his persona um and you know he didn't just say it once he said it and alluded to it multiple times he said we just have to be smarter our team has to be and he said when i you know get doubled in certain situations other guys have to be smarter and i don't know how you how you feel about those those um, words and that sentiment and and maybe he's just trying to be a leader maybe he's just trying to rally the guys but then there's part of me too where and I don't want to put the tinfoil hat on and play the conspiracy theorist and um, you know uh, take his words out of context and and make it into something maybe he wasn't trying to say but there's part of me that that kind of rubs me the wrong way when I hear that and I'm like what is going on in that locker room when the leader of your team He's not saying he's not like necessarily saying I put this loss on my shoulders, you know, like you would typically hear a leader of a team say he's saying we have to be smarter. Certain situations I get the ball, other guys have to be smarter. They have to know their role. And I'm like, that if I'm Doc Rivers, yeah. I, I, I might be taking that personally. I'm pissed. I'm pissed. Um if, Yeah, I'm and, yeah, so I I don't know. Yeah, I I would be pissed. It's kinda of like what Michael Carter Michael uh Porter Junior said after their game was a game four loss when they got the, the, the butts beat down that he, mm-hmm. that he has to get the ball more. It's like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but it's kind of like that, except he's a young guy. I'm not giving, I'm not condoning him. I'm not giving an excuse, but he's like right. a 19, 20 year old young man, 20 year old young man saying that he, he wants to play, wants to win. And he, he, he did well after that. Um, but that's the conversation. That's like with Michael Porter Jr. In his case, that's the conversation that, Kawhi needs to hold 
with his teammates. He doesn't mm-hmm. need to tell the media because their teammates can go back at him and say, well, what the hell happened to you, homeboy? You went a one of 11 to right. half. Right. I mean, you know, they, that, that could blow up in his face. And so, again, that's chemistry. You said it, I said it. And I think Jared alluded to it, too, a few weeks ago. I, did, I never did like their chemistry. And they were built seemingly to beat the Lakers because they have all those wing defenders. But someone said that interesting, and I'll, just, and I'll just close the segment with this and move on, with two, like, like to the East. But someone on Fox Sports said that they have a bunch, a whole bunch of specialists. You know, they, they have, like, Lou Williams come off the bench, scoring some points, he can't play a lick of D. And by the way, he didn't play well at all in the bubble. Um, but he had four, he four points the, yesterday. Yeah, he hadn't played well at all in the bubble. Not since he came back from uh, Magic City. Um, um, uh, <laughs> Montrez Harrell won the sixth man of the year, which is well-deserved, well-deserved. But he, he was a defensive turnstile. And, you know, he, did, he, get, he didn't give as much as he should have. And, mm-hmm. you know, Paul George didn't show up when it counted. Uh, Kawhi obviously didn't show up yesterday when it counted, uh, when it needed the leader the most. Uh, 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 Marcus Moore, senior, he, he's just a goon who likes to trip people's ankles. But, you know, <laughs> they, 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 they do not have a bona fide. They don't have that one true alpha. I know Kawhi's an alpha. Paul George is more of a Robin. There's nothing wrong with that. But they don't have, like, a bona fide dude who could play great D, be more well around offensively, I mean, they just have so many specialists. They don't. They've got a bunch of switch hitters, but no power. So that's that's pretty much what the, the Clippers are. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't throw out the baby with the bathwater and give it to Doc Rivers, but I was I would I would it, 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 I would but I would give strong consideration to Ty Tyron Lue. He's been there, done that. Doc Rivers is a made man, just mm-hmm. like Ty, Ty Lue is. But I think mm-hmm. Ty has the respect of the players. And I think Ty would drive them more because Doc, he has a reputation of being a player's coach. But mm-hmm. I, I think that someone needs to light a fire into this team, and I think that guys need to be Ty Lue. Um, moving to the East, I'll go back to the West in like second, in like, in like in a quick second when I preview. But the East of Conference Finals, how about that block? How about that block on, on Bam Adebayo put on Jason Tim? That was epic. Yeah. That was epic. That was, that was cool. insane. I never, and, I never thought I'd see one that rivaled what LeBron did to Iggy in in those finals. And was it fifteen? Yeah, I never thought I thought I'd see one. That one, that one gets about as close as as I think one could get. Yeah, and that was that would have tied the game. It's in the in the, in the mm-hmm. overtime, the second overtime. Um, but prayer to Bam for stepping up. Um, but. And then Iggy, by the way, he was on the court that night when he saw that block. So how about that? Um, but how? But I told you, I told you, and I told Jerry. <laughs> I, I mean, he, I told y'all. You said it on Twitter too. Mm-hmm. You said, said mm-hmm. I said it on yep. Twitter. But Miami, I'm telling you, they took out Milwaukee, which I I thought they'd take them out in six, not five. Even though Milwaukee's soft as tissue paper, but Miami's just tough. On paper, mm-hmm. they have they they could make a series of this on paper, but I think Boston's just better in the sense that they are deeper, and like Miami, they're well coached. But Miami's just tougher. I mean, mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, he should, he should be MVP. 
not. I mean, over, I know they they didn't. Uh, I know they haven't announced the MVP vote yet. People think mm-hmm. Giannis is going to get it again, but I would look at Jimmy Buck. He took the same squad minus the two rookies, Kendrick Nunn and and um, and the other kid, Cal uh, uh, Hero, from mm-hmm. uh, from Kentucky. He took that same squad and for that one little over thirty games last year to would have been on a fifty game pace. 50 win, 50 game, 50 win uh, pace. If it weren't for the pandemic shutting the season down like uh, uh, earlier, and now they're in the conference finals. Again, the same team that that had a little over thirty wins last season is sitting in the conference finals in the driver's seat. That's my. That's my. That's that's an MVP, and he's doing mm-hmm. it with. They don't have scrubs in the team. But they're doing it, but they don't have any stars outside of Jimmy Butler. But right. again, they're well coached, and 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 Coach Spo, uh, Spoelstra, he knows what the hell he's doing. He's reminding people he can coach, and Pat Riley's reminding folks that he could run an NBA franchise from a personnel standpoint. So, but I still got the seed, seed. I got the series going seven, and I still got Boston winning seven. But it's going to be a fun series. If, if anything, like if it's, it's like game one. It's gonna be a fun, fun series. But I got mm-hmm. Boston in seven. But I, I, I love the Heat. Um, I, you know, and again, you can't sleep on them. It's gonna be a fun team to watch in the upcoming years. But yeah, this is gonna be a great series, man. This is gonna be a great series. Oh, for sure. It's been, it's been so cool to see the emergence of so many young players in the bubble. Um, I think just right. in that center stage, and I think Jason Tatum is just—he's definitely uh, on that short oh, list so. and. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of, yeah. I, I, I call it lazy watching. I was kind of lazy watching the game the other night, and you know, I looked up and I was like, man, Jason Tatum, he's got this. And you know, Boston kind of tread water with, like, stuck around like a seven, eight point lead, whatever, most of the game. And uh, you, mm-hmm. you said it though, Jimmy Butler, that killer mentality that the Clippers didn't have, he had it the other night because I looked up with a little bit under two minutes left, and I was like, what the heck is going on? Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, oh. Miami. Miami forced overtime in a blink of an eye, and, and then uh, I don't know, more or less, in my opinion, stole that game because, like I said, Boston kind of just kind of tread water with that eight-point lead right around there throughout much of that game. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think Boston will ultimately win the series because they're the better team, but the Heat are they're scary. They're tough. They're so. Huh. And, you know, Jimmy Butler's a match man because he's a tough player as well. He's one of those few stars that are just so tough. It doesn't take mm-hmm. the process life for granted. So it's good to see him doing well. It's good to see Miami in the spotlight again. It's going to be an exciting series. Going back to the West right quick, we'll close the segment on this. we we'll get you out here on this. We already talked about the East. LeBron sitting pretty right now in the Lakers sitting pretty. They will have to face their fellow L.A. mates. I know we don't have to have the battle for L.A. for the Western Conference title, but LeBron's in it. A very gr- good Denver team is in it. Jokic is going to be exciting to see. It's great to see other people paying attention to uh, Jokic and Jamal Murray uh, mm-hmm. and, the, and Michael Porter. A bunch of stars, a bunch of snipers out there. So how do you see the series going in Lakers v. Nuggets? Yeah, so – so after after the Lakers went down against Portland and everyone went crazy, I was like, man, Lakers are five. And then after uh, the Lakers right. uh, 
uh, fell in the first game to the Rockets. I still, I, I was like, man, Lakers in five. You know, like um, this one. Uh, if the Lakers have a three-one lead, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to jinx LeBron. I love LeBron. You know, I'm a LeBron fanboy through and through. Um, I wear that that hat sometimes em- embarrassingly. Um, but I, I think if they get to a three-one lead, I think they could put it away in five. I'm going to call Lakers in six, though, in this series. I think that uh, Nikola Jokic is so good, um, but part of what's led to such great comebacks for the Nuggets, first against my Jazz. I was so heartbreaked that my, my Jazz lost. I love Donovan Mitchell. Um, and they gave up the 3-1 lead to, to the Nuggets. But for, part of what transpired in the Nuggets winning that and then the Nuggets beating the Clippers is that uh, even though they face some talented big man, Rudy Gobert, very talented, Harold, very talented. Um, uh, I'm sorry, um, Jokic isn't going to see a big man like, like Anthony Davis in this league. And so um, I think that'll help um, the Lakers as far as the impact that Jokic will have. I still think he's going to have a big impact, but I'm I'm going to go Lakers in six. I think this is a little bit harder than uh, what they had to deal with with the Trailblazers and with the Rockets. I think the Nuggets play so well as sure. a team, but uh, I'm not betting against two top five players, and I've, that's been my what I've said all year long, and that's what I'm going to keep saying it until I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I got the Lakers in six. I was going to say Lakers in five, but I got to show Denver more respect. Uh, Denver's going to be worn down. I mean, I, I was going to say Denver's going to be worn down early against the Clippers. Because they had a yeah. hard, hard fought yeah. series against Utah, but man, mm-hmm. those guys are tough too. They're resilient, and mm-hmm. unlike the Clippers, they're not choking dogs. They actually fought back. So <laughs> I think it's gonna be great. I think it's gonna be great for the rest of the NBA world to see Jokic in action, because not many people face, not many people pay attition because he's in Denver. Uh, same with mm-hmm. Jamal Murray to Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. I think Mike. I think Malone is a great coach. He's one. He's up. He's yep. up and up as far as questions go. Right, and it's great. It's gonna be great to see that. So it's gonna be a good series. I'll be looking forward to it. And hey, NBA, bro, NBA, NBA, NBA. <laughs> so there you go. But uh, yeah, man, thanks for thanks for joining me, brother. And uh, again, happy for you that the Big Ten is back. Hopefully, all yeah, will man, be right. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> you got <laughs> thanks, it. Man. Take care, brother. That's Kevin McCune from Half of the Weekend Adjustment Sports Talk Show every Saturday on WMOH, the ticket, uh, based out of Hamilton, Ohio, not too far from here, Cincinnati. Anyway, we're going to keep the party going with the NFL with my with my main man, you know, from the yard, that's HBC Sports, we rest about all things HBC Sports, as well as Sleazy Radio on Facebook Live every Tuesday night. You can check out his work on Herosports.com as well. Dwayne Ash. Back in the saddle, back in the house. How you doing, brother? Man, oh, man, I cannot be more ecstatic based upon what's happening in the NFL right now. I understand it's week one, but I digress. Right. But real quick, I know you guys were discussing the Big Ten, and you know this is kind of a Big Ten little sister country here in the D.C. area because of the University (laughs) of of Maryland. I have my concerns, but I understand the kids want to play the, the coaches want to play, all that, cool, let them play, and thank God, you know, we haven't had any issues. I know one thing, the last thing that the University of Maryland needs is another uh, student-athlete death on their hands, especially as it pertains to the football right. team. 
So they need to make sure that right. whatever precautions they need to take, they need to take it and, and, and be stringent with it because they do not need another black letter or <laughs> another scarlet letter, that is, um, on their letter right. as it pertains to football. Yeah, and you know what, man, what we were talking about earlier is like, you know, as long as they got the testing, if they got things in place, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just, I'm just because, you know, we didn't talk about this, but the liability factor. The NFL yes. doesn't have that because of resources. The colleges don't. Yeah, we just watch mm-hmm. how those colleges decide to play. A lot of conferences. So, I just, I just wish that the Big Ten would have just used the word delay instead of cancel. That was, yeah. that's a, it was a PR network West and. You know, particularly the Ohio State being up the road for me uh, in uh, Columbus. But anyway, it's going to hurt, like, the, the University of Cincinnati, things like that here locally. But, you know, hey, Fox Sports is happy. Uh, of course. <laughs> that's the of course they are. Uh, which, but see, that's the thing. I, I that's know the that's, uh, yeah. It, yeah. yeah. That's, I that's mean, the because difference. It's because of the Power Five conferences, they don't right. necessarily have pro sports resources but they have better resources than the other five, and they most definitely have better resources than uh, than FCS level team. So right. I understand yeah. why they're doing it. Even though I'm not, I'm yes, I enjoy I'll watch the games, but I'm still a little trepidatious. I, I'm, I'm just making sure that these kids uh, are doing what's best um, for them and, and make sure they're taking this thing seriously. Because one of the concerns, especially here is the, uh, the the amount of numbers in, in terms of cases that have been rising right. in the city of College Park where the University of Maryland is. So I really mm-hmm. I really need them to take this seriously there. I really do. Yeah, let's hope that they do because there may be cancellations similar to what's going on in Virginia Tech. You know, they had a cancel. Yes. They, 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 don't have cancel. they will postpone. Two games. I know they they, they postponed the game against NC State. That was in the the first game of the year, uh, yeah. this past weekend, and um, and 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 uh, and, and uh, Virginia as well. That they, they canceled the game against the University of Virginia. Now I don't know if they mm-hmm. postponed. They're going to cancel. It's postponed. That's a big rivalry game. I hate to, for them to miss that. But um, yeah, yeah. As long as they get together. I think it's going to be okay. I'm worried about the SEC, particularly like schools like LSU, where Coach Ogeron said that basically it's all quiet. So, yeah. you know. Exactly, I don't right? Know. I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. So, we'll see. We'll keep my fingers crossed because I'm happy as hell that college football is back. As I said earlier, yeah. I've never been so excited over Eastern Kentucky and Marshall, a game we called Eastern Kentucky and Marshall before in my life, like I was. <laughs> so, yeah. I was glued to TV. That's how desperate I was. But anyway, uh, good to see the small the, the group of five schools that come to that play and get some ESPN shine. So there's that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So final um, thoughts here. I know you listen. I know we're going to talk NFL, but I know you're an NBA guy like me. I know you have thoughts on the Clippers being a truck, I mean, choking dogs. I, I know. I, I know those cats. What the hell should be done to fix the Clippers? Should, should they fire Duck Rivers? Should they get rid of road management? What, what's, what, the chemistry is off. So what, what the hell should happen with, with the Clippers? Oh, forward? man. Um, God. I mean, there was such, such high expectations for this team when the season started. There were you a lot think? of people that actually had them in the NBA Finals. Yes, of course. Right. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. 
that you have the league MVP. Oh, oh, no, Kawhi was the, the finals MVP. And, and, of course, the integral part of the Toronto Raptors winning the, the NBA finals last year coming to your organization, right? So mm-hmm. you have that. You have the addition of, of Paul George, and everything's supposed to be laid out in front of them in, in terms of being able to handle it and moving on and advancing potentially to the NBA Finals, and that's not what happened. Um, I, I will say this to, to, to their benefit. This is only year one for them, um, being together as a group, so you could probably excuse it for that. Even though, God, you know, you don't have a lot of time in the NBA as of nowadays, being that there's so much turnover and, and a lot of quick turnover. Right. Um, <clears throat> I don't necessarily want to throw um, Duck Rivers out with the bathwater just yet, because like I said before, it's only been one game, and I understand his record in terms of closeout games is, is as putrid as it is. Um, uh my, my thing is, though, and, and this has been things that I've noticed throughout the season, and, yes, Paul George has had good games um, in this series, but there have been times in which Paul George was just desolate. Uh, I, but it ain't just him. It, 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 and and I, I agree with your boy who was on earlier when, with, with Kawhi's quote, saying that they need to play smarter. And there were several clips they showed of the Joker making – fantastic pass plays because of the Clippers' defense being lax. And and they were all simple for him. And you shouldn't make things that simple for a big man that's capable of passing that well. So hopefully these are all learning moments. Hmm. I don't know if – because once again, like it was stated earlier, this is a very deep team. Um. They should be able to win it with the guys that they currently have. Um, you may need to replace a, a piece or two if, if someone decides to leave in the off season. But other than that, mm-hmm. I think you should try it one more time with what you currently have to see if it does work. And if it really doesn't work in year two, then that's when you need to go ahead and start addressing things like the head coach and like your other um, uh, other pieces and, and potentially even Paul George. Uh Okay, but but that's the one that's the the one guy on the roster as of right now that stands out to me where I'm like, I need you to be who you claim you are, playoff P, all the time. You Pandemic. can't be playoff P in spots. You got to be <laughs> who you claim to be right. all the time, dude. Paul George, he play like George Paul. <laughs> uh, so you know, there's that too. Um, yeah, that's a mystery. I, I was mentioning to uh, Kevin earlier. I don't think you throw out the baby with the bathwater this year with with, with um, Doc Rivers. I would try mm-hmm. and hang on to Ty Lewis as long as I can, though, if I was Steve Ballmer. Uh, I would get those guys in, in, in on track in terms of chemistry. He did with, with, with LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love and uh, the likes of J.R. Smith. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you can get those guys, I mean, LeBron is not a head case. No, don't get me wrong. He's not a chemistry killer, but he's a big personality. He's a superstar. Yeah. But um, I think that Ty Lue, they, I think they should, I think they should try to keep Ty Lue as long as they can because, um, yeah, I, yeah, Doc Rivers. He this is the third time he blew a three-one lead in the playoffs, and um, yeah, so we'll see. 
Um, and as much as we're scratching our yeah. heads about the Clippers blowing a 3-1 lead, applause for the Denver Nuggets for <laughs> coming back from a 1-3 deficit twice in the same I know, playoff. Right? That's insane. I know. They're they're good. Insane. They're, 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 I'm I'm happy. I'm excited to see Jokic in the in the, in the Western Conference Finals. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people don't get to see Jokic during the regular season normally because he plays in Denver. But yeah, you know, it's going to be exciting to see him, people to see him and 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 Jamal Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see, man. We'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I again. Like I said earlier, I got the Lakers in six. I think Denver, while while they have a lot of heart and everything else, they're resilient, crazy resilient, obviously. But I think they're going to be worn down. I think L.A. is well-rested, and I think that uh, – I, I, I think it's going to be um, – it's going to be the Lake Show coming out of the West. And yeah, Boston, that's why. I think it'll be L.A. Boston – another L.A. Boston series. Uh, so which which would be cool because that'd be if the Lakers were to win the title that'd be the seventeenth but that would actually tie them for the most all time with the Boston Celtics. Boston, Boston so imagine Celtics, if yeah. them and Boston got with that much of a line, that historical pride on the line, that's a historic rivalry. You know, if, if Boston wins, they'll still maintain the overall titles lead on LA. But if LA were to win it and beat Boston, the process. That'll give them the Dell Titan with the most titles all time. So that'll be very, you know very what? interesting. And and it would sicken Boston fans without end <laughs> if that's how oh, they tie think? that record by beating them in the uh, the NBA finals. But of course they'll throw out the whole it's in a bubble. This one don't count. Blah blah blah. They do whatever they can. It's an action. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) But but that is one of the things I I am going to miss, especially if it is Lakers Celtics, is the fact of not being in in their respective gyms with their respective fans in that atmosphere for the NBA Finals. It's it's always been electric in my lifetime, and and to to Mm -hmm. have this type of team, oh my God, it's it's. It falls right in place, and I'm going to try to get through this real quickly. You know, once again, you have the superstar uh, uh, L.A. Lakers, and, and then you have the the, the, the workmen uh, 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 and the, the blue-collar workers of, of the Boston Celtics, where that entire team is, is talented, and they're deep, and they're young. It's, 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 it's very much L.A. Boston. Yeah. I think it's gonna be LA Boston again too. Even though I tell people, I told people in the past, don't sleep on Miami. Do not sleep on Miami. And Miami, what do you know? They're in the, they took not only in the East Coast Suns, they took Game One, but I think Boston's the better team. I think the deeper, yeah. they're both well coached. I think Miami's tougher of the two, but I think Boston's the deeper and the more talented of the two. Now I think they went out in seven as a result. All right, but I'll, I'll say this though: <laughs> whoever comes out of the East. If the yeah. Lakers were to make it out of the West, whoever comes out of the East, there's gonna there won't be a shortage of storylines of, of, of that finals, especially if you're looking at Pat Riley going up against his old team, oh, and LeBron cool. going up his old team. So there won't be a shortage of storylines. Yeah. That would be hella cool storyline. 
It's like the yeah. team that 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 actually Pat Riley built Showtime. Um, yeah. You know the, the, the against the team that he that he built in Miami, and you know he led them to two titles, or well, three actually, no four, no three, um, and then have the chance to go for another one. That would be cool as well. Um, NFL, NFL. Yes. Lots of crazy shit, man. I mean, it was so weird watching these games. It had the vibe that had the vibe, left the vibe of a mausoleum. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know how to pronounce it, but, you know, the point being is that it was just quiet. I mean, Kansas City, they had like 11,000 fans. They were, they were kind of loud, 11,000 yeah. fans. But most stadiums had zero, zero fans. Yes. Mm-hmm. Minnesota. I watched the Minnesota Green Bay game in Minneapolis, Minneapolis. Quiet as a church mouse. It was just so weird watching the Monday night game. My Steelers over the Giants. Quiet, very quiet. And the craziest of the games were the showcase: Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Tom Brady, mm-hmm. Drew Brees, Brock Hunt, and the quiet Superdome. Quiet. Superdome. Let me say that again. Quiet. <laughs> how weird is 2020? How weird is 2020? Oh, my God. It's like watching scrimmages. But, hey, I was happy to see those scrimmages. But still, <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is crazy. And to go on college football being played in front of sparse crowds, oh, 2020, go the hell away, William. Um, anyway. <laughs> What 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 are your what 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 are, what is your take home thoughts, if you will, from week one? My my biggest take home was okay the the teams that won. Out of the sixteen teams that won on Sunday, twelve of twelve yeah. of them had a lot of continuity, meaning they had the same head coach, same right. starting QB. You know, most mm-hmm. of their defense was intact. Most of their offense was intact. They may have had different pieces here and there. But for the most part, the, the whole skeleton of that team was intact. Look at it. You got uh, Buffalo, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Kansas City, the Raiders, the Rams, uh, 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 Arizona, Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay, and Chicago. All of them were basically teams that were intact. Um, the only differences were, of course, New England and the uh, the Chargers had different QBs, even though they had the same starting head coach. And then, of course, you had a different offensive coordinator in Jacksonville, but they, you know, <clears throat> all, uh, along with different running backs. But then Washington, just a whole new uh, coaching staff. And, and that was, yeah. of course, the biggest surprise to me was to see how that team, even though that team was extremely talented, on the defensive side of the ball, you finally get, as uh, what a lot of the sports radio guys in the district have been saying over the past week, they've gotten a lot of adults in the room now, unlike past years, yeah. that these players are going to want to listen to and play for. And they end up having schemes and making adjustments that actually help you win games. So that was my biggest takeaway, like I said before, was the, the, the fact that continuity was the thing that, that won over in most cases, especially the fact that we didn't have any preseason games. Right. That shows. A lot of stuff we played earlier. I mean, it's like 
I mean, it was a lot of rust. That, you could tell a lot of games you saw the rust was starting to get knocked off of some, mm-hmm. of some teams. Notably, Big Ben, Rob Roethlisberger, the Pittsburgh game against uh, uh, the Pittsburgh game against uh, the Giants on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Um, but go go back to the Washington football team or Washington team football, aka WTF. They they were WTF <laughs> in the first half against the Eagles, but then they pulled a WTF for their own and scored scored twenty seven unanswered points in the second half to win. Yes, and it was apparently. Dwayne, one Dwayne Haskins led the charge, filed up the riled up the troops at halftime as part of the motivation. So, what what do you take home from that? I mean, the, given the fact that Washington came from behind against a team that's on them and the Eagles, in in the in the in the recent memory. Um, so, give me your thoughts on your beloved WFT, if you will, Washington <laughs> football team performance. Um, yes, so the the, the the, the, the biggest takeaway, again, like I said before, it, it's the, the, the play of the defense. Um, you end up adding another first-round uh, draft pick on the defensive side of, of the line. You end up having mm-hmm. a defensive coordinator in Jack Del Rio. Matter of fact, if you look at the past defensive coordinators that were here over the past eight seasons, where are they now? Most of them are position coaches or they don't have jobs. None of them have become defensive coordinators since they left D.C. Why? Because they didn't deserve to be defensive coordinators before they got here, and unfortunately they were hired as such. Jack DiRio sure. is a guy who used to be a defensive player, was a defensive coordinator elsewhere, was a head coach elsewhere, knows about defenses, knows about schemes. We get, once again, we got, another, we got an adult in the room on the defensive side of the ball. Sure. And they have talent on that front seven, and that was capable of getting to the QB. They got to uh, Carson Wentz eight times, and that's not including the pressures because there were several times there where Carson Wentz looked beleaguered, and that was oh my god to see that happen with Carson. The one time when he put his hands up to the side of his helmet, like, "Yo, what, what, what am I supposed to do?" Oh, mm. oh my God! It was it was almost orgasmic. This was to see someone <laughs> believing because of the Washington football it's team. Oh my God! We, you mean my team is doing this? Oh my God! I haven't seen this since like '91. <laughs> this is insane, and I was enjoying it. I was enjoying every minute, but not to 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 belittle Dwayne Haskins. I will say this: offensively, statistically. They weren't putting up big numbers. They're still trying to figure out right. their whole running back situation, especially with Adrian Peterson gone. And what did I tell you about AP in Detroit? Game one, he hits up 96 yards, but that's another situation. They're still trying to figure out right. a, uh, the running back situation. And even though Haskins threw for under 200 yards, there were still the plays in which he made during their scoring drives for them to score points. And, 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 <laughs> not necessarily deep balls, but he was hitting underneath passes and hitting passes to the one guy a lot of people were disappointed or didn't know they could put their trust in was Logan Thomas. But once again, it's week one. I don't want to get too excited. But it, it, like I said before, they're, they're putting their trust in the defense. They're allowing the defense to make plays. I know they're not going to get eight sacks every week. But if they're capable of continuing to put pressure on the offense and making plays 
and putting the offense in situations where they can at least put up three, if not score six, then they'll be fine this year. Yeah, I I, I love Washington's front four. They got a hellacious front four on defense, and you you've seen the potential. They sat Scott once eight times, eight times. That was that was something else to see them come back like that and see the defense, a young defense, young defensive front four play so well. That was huge, and I feel bad for Philly fans. You know, you both have a great friend. And, and Lanice, she's a big Eagles fan. One was big sister to a uh, big sister uh, uh, to me as well. Her name is Jennifer. So shout out to Jennifer. And, and my first cousin too. My first cousin Rick. He's a big Eagles fan. But man, that that made my jaw drop when they came with 20, seventeen points down to score twenty seven games. Final twenty seven points in the second half. And, and this is a team. That has averaged less than 18 points a game for like the past two years. So to see them come out and put out 27 points was phenomenal. And to your point about the defense, it's not just the front four. They have a very good rotation in that front four. Like I said before, you know, it's yeah. mainly the first round draft picks with um, with, with with Allen and um, and Chase Young. You can't forget about right. Matt Ioannidis, the fifth-round draft pick um, that's on that defensive line. And they also got Kerrigan out there in rotation. So they have a, a, a very – they have a, a, about a five-, six-man rotation on that defensive line that they've actually been able to limit the amount of snaps that these guys see, in the, well, at least in, in, in this game. So they also have Montez Sweat and Deron Payne. So – like I said before, with the fact that you are capable of putting a, a nice rotation out there of guys who are going to be fresh in the fourth quarter and continue to put that pressure on, it, it, it can be very interesting for this team. I'm not I'm not claiming anything over six wins still, even though they got a big win in week one. But if they get six wins and and, and it's less than – uh, 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 well, it's 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 more than four games left in the season. I, I'll be shocked. And here's another shocker. Well, not really a shocker. Cleveland sucks again. Thirty-eight to six. Can't beat to ball by Baltimore. I mean, they, they it's like it's a, in a week that was full of mostly close games. That was the only serious ass kicking. So yeah. once again, brand new year. Same old Brown. No matter Same how talented they on paper, no matter how talented they on paper, they still find ways to get their ass kicked. Got the third coach in three years. Or yeah. Baker Mayfield got his third coach to work with in three years. Um, yeah. Old Dell for not getting the ball as much because because Baker likes to turn on the football. Mm-hmm. So I miss BJ. Talks about him much of rumors of him being traded. Heard it last year, picking up a little bit this mm-hmm. year by credible sources in, in Cleveland. So we mm-hmm. it. Cleveland is Cleveland but off trading Odell Beckham Jr. If they can go ahead and get um, talent in here, that's that's going to be willing to play. But Saints, God, the, the, let's look at it like this: the biggest problem is the turnover at head coach, which means 
Well, no, with the exception of, of, of Kitchen. Um, but, no, because he ended up bringing another offensive coordinator in there, but it was someone that Kitchen trusted. So you still had three different head coaches, three different offensive coordinators. It's difficult on a QB. I don't care who you are. And taking from a fan of a team that's had QBs in here with multiple different head coaches and offensive coordinators, it becomes problematic on, on a QB. And it's, it's going to be to, to the detriment of Baker Mayfield. I don't know if he ever recovers. If, if he doesn't have a good season this year, I don't know if he ever recovers. It, it's going to be very difficult for him, especially for him to be a starter elsewhere, because he, he, he's been in a situation where he can't be consistent in the system, and it's not his fault. Um, I, I will say this, though. The positive, Kareem Hunt got 75 yards rushing. But at the same time, they also mm-hmm. were playing against the Baltimore Ravens. And be more like they were up for their game. Those are the two games that I was capable, capable of watching um, Sunday afternoon was the Washington game and, and the Baltimore-Cleveland game. And it just looked like um, Cleveland just was, looked confused the entire time. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do because don't they have Kansas City coming up this week? I, yeah. I think they have a, a, a pretty tough opponent coming up in week two, which is going to be tough on them too, especially if they can't move the ball, passing the ball. And, yeah, if, if Odell, if you believe that Odell is going to be a basket case in that, that, that locker room, move him, especially if you, you, know, if you can get comparable uh, talent or pieces to replace him. That's, that, I'd do it. Well, you know what? The problem is this. Cleveland doesn't have much leverage right now. Now, uh, Cleveland plays Cincinnati tomorrow night on Fox. Okay, that's right. Yeah. And, okay. And 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 like if, if Cleveland, Cleveland should want go to do well not only because it helped them win games, it will drive their it will increase their leverage because they're like, okay, Odell just went off your teams, uh, for like the teams who will be interested. Odell just went off for like. But ten catches for hundred some odd yards and three touchdowns, which you want to give up for. Now, granted, they're not going to get the same in return with they, what they gave up to get Odell. True, it's not going to happen. But at least they'll salvage some pieces, and some assets. Again, I don't think it's not. I don't think it's Odell's fault. He's for for all accounts, he's been a good soldier. He and Baker mm-hmm. like each other a lot. They're friends. They hang out a lot. I think Baker tries to give Old Odell the ball a lot, and through with disastrous like results, they'll spur the ball around to draw this Landry and, and a few other talented uh, players to get the let let the uh, 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 let the running back uh, Chubb took the rock. He's a stud too, you know. But I, I just think that I, I just I just think that people just need to pump the brakes. It's only week one. Ball out against Cincinnati, who's very much improved, by the way, with Joe Burrow. He, he's yeah. going to be a player. Um, it's, it's just ball out against Cincinnati at home, and they all would be right in the world. That's all you need to focus on. Um, speaking of the Steelers, um, gotta go here again with the uh, with, with, with 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 the uh, social justice stuff. Like, I'm sure you heard <sighs> that. Um, let's agree to wear the name Antoine Rose Jr. 
the black teenager that's killed by East Pittsburgh police in 2018, um, who was found, the policemen were found not guilty, of course. So they agreed as a team to put the backs on the backs of the helmets for the entire 2020 season, his man, which are ran by mm-hmm. his mother, which was kind of a lot of praise. This one offensive lineman, he's, done it, he's in the news again, Alvin Avuela, yeah. who is a former Army, Army Ranger, he changed mm-hmm. his name on changed the name on the helmet to Army's First Sergeant First Class Alwyn Cash, a black soldier who was killed in, in, on duty in Vietnam by going back to rescue several soldiers after an explosion at the cost of his life, and was awarded the Civil Star for heroism after his death. So, <laughs> but the thing is, at first they they made the announcement, they made the the, the news like. At like during the game, right when, when like mm-hmm. when they after the Giants and Steelers did that thing, like pregame. Come to find out, I thought that I mean the coaches obviously knew, but I didn't know now all the players knew. They caught a lot of players by surprise. No, it was Ben Roethlisberger and Cameron Hayward, um, mm-hmm. two captains. So I'm thinking, oh shit. Really, Al? <laughs> At first, I was like, "Look, Al can do whatever he wants. If he, you know, if 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 he, if he didn't feel he wanted to honor a black soldier, fine, okay. But if the whole team agreed to do one thing and you do another, he's going to have a lot of questions asked in that locker room. And it would have been worse. Yes. If he, it would have been worse if 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 the saw if the soldier were not black. So, I don't know. I don't know. That's The last thing my Steelers need is bad juju in the form of chemistry. And I just hope that – and they got a strong enough locker room. Mike Thomas, mm-hmm. okay, that he knew about it. But, man, those teams, those teams are going to look at them like, really, dude? You going to do this? After we agree to that? Yeah, he's going to have a lot of playing to do. I will Good say player, this. Though. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But if if Mike Tomlin is capable of of holding that locker room together after Antonio Brown, he'll handle this well. They'll be fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a little together. distrust. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it, it'll be a little <laughs> distrust with the players for a little bit. Um, but to your point, I had no idea of who the um. Uh, 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 the soldier was and, until you gave me the info, until you just um, read off his his bio. Um, and, and unfortunately, or f- fortunately, um, it did comfort me to find out that it was a, a, a soldier of color um, that he replaced right. it with. But once again, it's it's your prerogative to, to change whatever you want to change, but you did make an agreement. And you did do so without telling your player, your, your 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 teammates, and that's something that if you want to make that change, if you want to be ballsy enough to make the change, be ballsy enough to tell your teammates that you're making that change. Don't try to do it behind their back, and then it be a discovery that it's, it happened. Don't do that. And come on, dog, you a big offensive lineman. Don't do that. Why would they got the type of locker room again? They survived Antonio Brown. I don't yeah. think I was a bad guy. Personally, I don't think yeah. he's a bad guy. All they do is just to tell them. They got the strong enough locker room. Just tell them. They say, hey, man, look, I'm, you know I'm a vet. 
I will honor that. Now, because that would have left open the question of players going to him, his fellow team is going to him saying, hey, man, uh-huh. are you really – do you really not like this Black Lives Matter thing? Do you really not? Again, even though he honored a black soldier, mm-hmm. he did that. He did that. He, he, that's just good for him. He has nothing to fall back on. But the whole idea is why not Why not only not go against the grain, but why not honor or pay homage to a kid who was killed, assuming he didn't have a gun on him, without a weapon, and made the agreement with his mom, why go? Mm-hmm. Why why I go against that? That would be the big question. Yeah. But again, at least the honored soldier that was black. At least he did that. Um, and you know we made a heroic act. It was honored after the fact. At least he brought that to the attention. And if he was one to do that, that's okay too. He's a former army ranger. I guess mm-hmm. if you want to honor a, another fellow army ranger who was black who didn't who do. Many people do not. I didn't know about this guy. So as a result of Al being where he was at, a lot of people know who this black soldier is and what he did. Yeah. And this heroine. And if you want to bring that to light, that's cool too. But still, if if, if he, all he had to do was to tell him. Tell your teammates yes. they're struggling locker room to say, you know what, that's cool, man. And that would, I bet that would not be a story. It would only be a footnote. It wouldn't be a story. If he'd done that. So, anyway, I don't need any distractions of my team. We got Big Ben back. We were at a rock and roll. But to your point, if the guy, if there's a guy who will actually bring harmony to the locker room, that's Mike Tomlin. And I don't think Pittsburgh's a bad locker room either. They got a lot of good no, news in that. Again, if they survive the likes of Antonio Brown, they'll be fine with this. This is, this is, this is child's play. So, um, yeah. And at least a lot of guys like the little waiver as well. So this will go over. This, yeah. this will be fine. But I just hope that your listeners don't um, – uh, well, I mean, if they do, they do. I was going to say I hope your listeners don't look at me in a bad light because I was happier that it was an African-American um, soldier. But you know what? So right. be it. And, you know, I'm for all things black. It is what it is. Okay? All right. Fine. It is what it is. The biggest right. thing to me still is I just wish you would have told – his teammates, instead of just putting it on there and then people discovering it. Because the way that it was, the way that I saw the article, unfortunately, without reading it, I just saw the headline, and they didn't even put in the mm-hmm. headline there was a black soldier. They just said, you know, he replaced the name with um, another military person. And that was my initial thought was that he was anti-Black Lives Matter. So, okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's what you don't want is a situation like that to be sensationalized when it doesn't need to be. And once again, not their fault, um, but it's something that could have been um, handled a lot better than what it was. Yeah, yeah. Again, the board of story is just tell your boys. Tell your boys. Just tell your boys. I guarantee that shit will blow it, was blown over. It was yeah. Mere other stuff, a big story. Um, other things, uh, other things for week one. Of course, Tom Brady playing shitty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> throwing your pick six, the irony. Yeah, the irony, right? This last, we keep in mind, his last pass before this season was a pick six against the Titans of the yes. playoffs. I mm-hmm. like that graph. Uh, but speaking of which, he is on the verge of tying a very bad record 
You know what that record uh, is? What's that? That would be that would be Matt Schaub's record for throwing consecutive games with a pick six thrown. He's one game Uh-oh. away from tying that record. He's one game Uh-oh. away from tying that record. So Tom Brady, he's a goat, but he doesn't want to be a Billy goat. And Tom, Matt Schaub's record, <laughs> Mr. Pick Six himself. So yeah, he has one. If he gets through it. Then again, he's playing the Carolina Panthers next week, so they're allergic to playing defense as they showed against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may not happen there. By the way, Las Vegas Raiders sound pretty damn good. Don't you think? Las Vegas Raiders. I'm, I'm slowly getting Rose used to it. I'm slowly getting used to it. Rose I mean, you know, my whole I mean, life. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's been Oakland for the majority of my life. And then, of course, you know, you had that. That 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 respite when they were in in L.A. But you know I, I can get right. to, to to Vegas. I'm just disappointed for the people in, in Oakland, of course, that they had to lose their team. Um, but hey, you know uh, we'll get used to it, right? I guess. Or they'll spend yeah, eight years in, in Vegas and head back to uh, to Oakland again. Who knows? Well, you know what? After looking at that seeing that crib in in Las Vegas, I think they'll be staying there a long time. They're gonna be that staying there for a while. Yes. That's a lot of money spent. Yeah, that's like the that's like yeah. the Death Star indeed. A big black stadium. <laughs> Sick man. That looked like a cow like in the middle of the desert. Well off the strip. That's that's gonna be hella cool. That's gonna be hella yeah. cool. And they played next month the Saints too. Two parties is getting together: New Orleans and Las Vegas. Perfect way to open the Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. Um, but nevertheless, I think Tom Brady. But what do you think of Bruce Arians calling out Brady, like shortly after the game and intending the media? I didn't think it was a big deal. That's how Bruce Arians rose. Tom Brady had to have known that. I mean, I don't think he did professional. He's a professional. I don't think he should get uh-huh. his on the bunch. I mean, Bill Belichick, why I didn't do it publicly, he really reamed him in, in practice and in the film room, so he should be used to a coach yelling at him and getting coach him hard. But what do you think about that? What do, you, what do you think about that? He's a big deal, little deal, what? Well, to your point, and I was just about to say the exact same thing. He should be used to it because of uh, Belichick and his actions towards him. Um, unfortunately, I didn't hear what the quotes were. But the thing is, once again, those are just things that um, that happen within the media with, with, with interviews. Yeah, someone asked him a question. He asked us a question. Um, unfortunately, it's about your bad play. You don't want him to, um, to talk bad about you or talk negatively about you, play better. Um, but that's one of the things that this team is going to have to go ahead, as ta- once again, as talented as they are offensively, they're going to have to get in, in, in step together um, and, and, and hopefully get it to work. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens um, come week two. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, again, I think they'll be fine playing the Panthers, which – Really well offensively, Teddy Bridgewater. I'm happy for him. Um, yeah, but they don't play like a defense. And if you let the likes of uh, of, of, of of Carr and the Raiders score hang thirty four on you, you're not any good on defense. I'm sorry, especially at home. At that. <laughs> um, speaking of quarterbacks to be happy for, how about Cam Newton doing his thing in New England? He had a great game, rushing two touchdowns. Uh, you know, he had decent passing stats. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was list of them winning the ball game. 
It could be in the Dolphins, even though some dude from the Dolphins trying to snatch his chain, which I thought that was pretty played out. But anyway. Um, you know. Yeah. You know, QBR was 79.7. was pretty good. Fits in the 1,905 mm-hmm. yards. You know, ran for 75 yards. He led the, led the team yeah. rushing as well. What else is new? But how about that? Cam Newton doing the damn thing in New England for Coach Bill Belichick. How about that? <laughs> And and that was the one thing I kept preaching before the season started was that um, the, the the problem wasn't going to be whether or not Josh McDaniels can coach an offense that'll um, lend to the talents of Cam Newton. The thing is, though, even though it's it's week one and he looked comfortable doing so, um, one of the things I guess Cam was concerned about when he was in towards the end of his time in Carolina was how much he ran, but he seemed to look comfortable now. So maybe he's okay. So we'll see exactly yeah. how long he's, he's going to be able to keep this up. And the fact that they were capable of doing that against the um, the Miami Dolphins, um, yeah. But the, once again, the New England Patriots and their defense was capable of keeping the Miami Dolphins down to 11 points. Um, and that offense was able to, to move the ball long enough to keep them off the field, too. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good to see that. It's good. You know I despise the Patriots, right? You know I don't like Coach Belichick. I trust him as far as I can throw him. But I'm happy for Cam Newton. And no, people, it's not just because he's black. It's because I like Cam Newton a lot. I thought he got a raw deal. And plus, I said that. Dwayne, because you know that some people think of that. You know, we let's be real. Yeah. You know, people are thinking that. But anyway, yeah. just to kill that noise, I started. That's my I, fault. I like, right? I know. No, it's fine. But I know I'm a big fan. People know that I'm a big fan of Cam Newton, and mm-hmm. I thought that he got lost in Carolina. We all we both talked about that. Um, yeah. In the past, but I'm glad to see that he's on his back on his feet. I'm hoping this will lead. I hope he stays healthy throughout the season. He can get a huge payday elsewhere. If it's not New England, yeah. hell, he could make a career in New England if he wanted to. He's in a great yeah. situation with a great coach, right? Coach, head coach, to motivate him. But at any rate, mm-hmm. I, I was glad to see. Him. And you know, it was, it'll be a tall task going up against Seattle. Seattle next week, but hey, yeah, it, that's where we watch the games. Why we watch and love the games. So speaking of next week, exactly. Of what to watch for next week. Um, it's interesting that you ended with that. That's one of the number one things you need to watch out for. You know, is this um, New England Patriots team for real going up against the Seattle uh, Seahawks? Yeah. Um, my God. I, I, one of the things that I was concerned about, and I said it a lot on this show, um, about Cam was, you know, is he fully 100%? You know, and, and the lack of, of, of passing yards, I don't know if that's his arm or if that's just the style of offense that they called. I didn't get a chance to watch the game, so I really couldn't tell you. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the Patriots look against the Seattle Seahawks team. Um, if they're capable of getting a win, uh-oh, Buffalo, you may want to watch out because the Patriots are still the Patriots. Um, if the Seahawks are capable of getting a win, uh-oh, 
league watch out because uh, 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 God, Russell Wilson is probably had another amazing game. His passing stats last mm-hmm. week were insane. 31 of 35. He only threw four incompletions. Oh, and he's getting older and getting better every year. It's 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 dynamic to watch, and also sickening to me. Once again, that's the guy who I was rooting Washington would draft when he was um, coming out of college, but unfortunately they went for um, brittle Bob three sticks. But I digress. Um, <laughs> so that that's right. the biggest game that I want to keep an eye out for. And then number two, it goes back to continuity again, like I said before with the teams that won in week one. Um, will they be the same teams that win in week two? Or will some of the other teams that are still learning catch up in week two or not? You know, it just go once again, like I said before, it goes back to the whole preseason thing uh, or lack thereof and how long it's going to take for those teams that have new schemes catch up and end up, I, I, I guess, being more competitive. Right. Here's my thing. I think this is the uh, look. It's, it's, this 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 may this NFL season may seem like a sprint, but it's really kind of a marathon because it's 16 games, mm-hmm. and you can get away with maybe going 0 one, maybe 0 and two, and still bouncing back. But I think there are a couple games on the docket that are pretty much going to be indicative of the Panthers going up. I already mentioned one of them, Bengals to Browns, particularly for the Browns. Mm-hmm. The Bengals, they're playing with house because they got a first-round draft pick in Joe Burrow who looks the part, but he's young. They're starting over. They hit the reset button. The Bengals hitting the reset button uh, after the Eddie Dalton era, era, rather. But the onus is on Cleveland. Cleveland was supposed to be much improved. Right? They got all their mm-hmm. talent. They got Odell, Jarvis Landry, Nick Chubb, Colton mm-hmm. the Rock, Kareem Hunt as his backup, as a change of pace. You know, they got players offensively. They got players defensively. Miles Garrett, that kid from Ohio State who plays corner. Um, but but um, they, they, something's always missing with them. So, if the Browns come out on the NFL Network, but I think they'll show on the Fox as well. Um, the pandemic is going to be start off the roof because it's clean. They'll be on to all that talent and what's going to be a tough division again with Pittsburgh having mm-hmm. to stand back and Baltimore um, with, with Lamar Jackson. That's, that's what I'm going to look for. Also, here's panic game number two, Falcons-Cowboys. I love the fact that Dallas laid an egg. Well, they didn't leave laid an egg. But they, they lost to, to the Rams in prime time. I love that. I love seeing Jerry Jones sweat. I love seeing Skip Bayless sweat and Cowboy Nation sweat. I love it. I love it. I love it. I know you do too um, for a fact. So, again, it's early. But they're going against a Falcons team that's not as talented as the Cowboys. They're playing at home. So if the Cowboys go to 0-2, jump to 0-2, and new coach Mike McCarthy is going to start feeling the heat and catch coaching the big D, um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, that's panic meter game number two. 
And, you know, kind of sort of my sleeper panic meter game number three would be Carolina at Tampa. For the standpoint okay. of Tom Brady goes across the season to 0-2, lose to a defensively challenged Carolina team at home, that, 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 that dynamic between Brady and Aaron is going to be very interesting to watch. I don't think it's going to happen. I think I think Tampa's going to mop the field with with, uh, with, with Carolina. They're favored by nine points. They probably win by double digits. Um, but yeah, that's that's um, that's going to be very interesting to see. Um, and one more thing, um, I know I'm all over the place. Uh, you know, you mentioned you mentioned Patriots in Seattle, which I agree with. How about the Jaguars? One and zero. Yeah, I thought it was a better Indianapolis team, Indianapolis coach team at home. So much exactly. for them tanking for, uh, so much for them tanking for uh, 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 that uh, that kid out of Clemson, Trevor. Uh, for Trevor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much for tanking for that guy, and possibly, as rumor may have it, uh, Dabo Sweeney may make a run for Dabo Sweeney if if they draft Lawrence. Um, so. That would be interesting to see as well. But they're going against the Titans, who also won to know. So, a lot of interesting good games to watch. A lot of interesting storylines. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see that. I'm interested to see if, if, how Dallas does in, in, diverse, in, in adverse situations, as well as uh, Cleveland. And also to see if your Washington football team it's for real going against a, against a, I think it's going to be an improved Arizona Cardinals team. So that's going to be great as well. A lot of interesting storylines all across the board, and I'm excited for it. I'm just glad football is back. I know that they're playing in, like, in front of library quiet-style crowds because of the pandemic, but <laughs> I'm missing I, I to have my, my, my NFL scrimmages back. That's kind of for a regular, regular <laughs> season game. I'm I'm happy to see that back. So, yeah, it's 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 cool, man. It's it's cool. Anything else you want to add? Yeah. I think you will say something uh, regarding week two. Oh yeah, just real quick. Um, yeah, I didn't want to bring up the Washington Arizona game because I didn't want to seem like a homer. But yeah, you're right. You're getting that defense of Washington versus this newly improved offense of Arizona. You know, especially with DeAndre Hopkins. And they talked about how the stats that DeAndre had last week. Of what was it, 15 catches um, and 151 yards. That's the most he's ever done in his career in one game. He's never done that at all um, when he was in Houston. So to see how that offense will look up against that defense is going to be interesting. And then to your point about teams going 0-2, um, ever since uh, the Super Bowl started, if memory serves me correctly, teams that, are, that go 0-2, Less than 15% of those teams have ever made the playoffs dating back to the, to the um, beginning of the Super Bowl era. So, yeah, teams like the, the Cleveland uh, Browns, Indianapolis, Houston, San Fran, Tampa, Minnesota, Dallas, and Philadelphia, teams who uh, pundits had favored to making at least the playoffs or winning their division, the last thing they wanted mm-hmm. to do was go 0-2. So they really got to be on their P's and Q's this week because they don't want to fall into that rut. All right, man. Well, thank you, man, for joining me, man. We'll talk some football again next week, brother, and hopefully 
no other very college football news will come afoot. So thanks, man. Take a life, brother. No diggity. You do the same. No doubt. That's my boy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on Sleazy Radio every Tuesday night on Facebook Live, as well as the RCCU Sports, the rest of our all things, HBCU Sports, and his work on com as well. Thank y'all for tuning into the podcast with Scott Burks with the Planet Hour. Signing off. One more thing to, to one one thing to note, guys. Wear a mask if you're out. Stay safe. Preferably stay your ass at home. And one more thing. Oh, shit. All right.